All right. Welcome back to another episode of and live stream of the USL show. We are almost back at full strength, but uh, a little bug is going around. I don't know if you've heard about it, and it's taken down our one and only Geo. May he rest in peace. It's not dead, but he's not here, so it's about the same. Um, and if you look to my, that's that's my right. Uh, whatever. There's Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing okay tonight. How are you, Kaylor? Living the dream. You know, boss calls me in, says I have to work, and then actually I didn't have to work after I already scheduled this time off, so no big deal. Um, and two, on the way, way uh, far right, you have Phil, who you have a little bit of news. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, I, I guess the cat's out of the bag as of uh, a couple weeks ago or, or whatever, uh, that got a a baby on the way me and my wife are expecting so yeah exciting exciting times in the in the baki household and um thankful to also be back from my my short-term suspension that i served uh after after rabble rousing on the on my first appearance on the podcast so um yeah happy to be back and yeah exciting exciting times for sure on the bright side, the Phil family is growing. On the downside, it's another Liverpool fan, so it, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> below, you never know. He, he, the kid <laughs> might rebel and just go Ev Everton, so be careful. Uh, Wayne, well, Wayne Rooney I mean, Everton. At, at their peril, at their peril. So <laughs> the first, the baby's first words are going to be M. Um, and <laughs> below Phil is going to be Alan, not Ryan Allen, just Alan. <laughs> How's it going this evening? I'm excited. There's just been like a whirlwind of news in USL and soccer. So like I'll I'm just trying to keep up with all the signings and all of the new stuff. So I'm excited to to chat and get some uh get some insight and share some insight with some wonderful people and lots of folks in the chat. So when we get to signings and all that stuff, don't forget to drop who you think we should chat about in the chat. Yeah, tell us about your team's biggest signings or your rival's biggest signings because sometimes we keep up with those a little bit more closely. So tell us about those. And below me and to Atlin's left, we got John, who is a faceless man, but a biggest voice probably in this room right now. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, I feel like I'm going to get replaced by the newest member of the Baki family in about nine months from now. <laughs> excited to talk about signings and whatnot tonight <laughs> oh man there is so much news going around the usl world if you haven't been to our discord yet a hey, check out the discord it's always popping especially usl league one but we're not going to start there today but my goodness usl league one's always going off but for something that a lot of us are more experts in the USL championship schedule has finally dropped. Um, there's a lot of really fun stuff. I know for me as a Legion fan, there's so many good fixtures and there's so many good away days that I am struggling to find out which one I want to go to. Um, what about the rest of you guys? I mean, Alan, you guys are, uh, I mean, what is what's going on in the loyal world you know like what are y'all excited about I, I think this is a big thing for especially i mean newer teams like san diego oakland uh that came into the championship in a little bit different uh setup than maybe everyone else is used to like i think it was a shock to see this conference schedule and just how stacked these like schedules are 
you're used to playing like, oh, we got Vegas four times. We got, I mean, we got Tacoma. We lose to Tacoma apparently, but you look at that, you're like Tacoma four times. You're looking like the out east. You got, you know, Loudon four times. You're looking at like now we only get them twice. And now we're playing out of conference schedule, which is phenomenal travel. I think we travel to Tampa Bay. We get loose city at home. Like there's just so much to be excited about. And with a lot of the two teams bouncing, like it's a stacked schedule. It's going to be like great games week after week. There's always going to be some fun matchup. There isn't going to be like a throwaway weekend uh, when you play the, you know, fifth time or whatever. Um, I think San Diego is looking forward to building their rivalry with Orange County. Congratulations on their cup. Um, they're excited about not having to see Phoenix four times. Uh, so they're excited about that too. But I, I think just having it conference again opens up just way more competition. You see more, more teams, you see better players. Um, and, and then I think those matchups mean more. When you only get that team once at home, like you have to win. You can't be like, we'll get a point this time. If we get three next time, we're good. I think it just makes the regular season mean more. And so I think it's going to be a little bit of a shock for some of the newer teams to go through this gauntlet that is the USL season. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff. And there's – well, the really cool thing is is that we're going to be able to see some new faces around the USL and maybe a new look to some old faces – John, even though you follow every team closer than everybody's favorite team, you're an indie fan at you know by trade or by heart, whichever one. What are you kind of what what kind of games did you circle of saying like, yeah, I'm excited for for indie to show off our prowess or the new indie against these certain teams? Well, obviously, I think the uh, the LIP AFC. Louisville Indianapolis Proximity Association football <laughs> contest matchups are really big for me. But it's, I mean, across the board, Ben, specifically to the 11, of course, are those cross conference matchups. We're getting like New Mexico, San Antonio, a lot of those types of teams that we've really not seen in a long time. And I mean, that's an exciting prospect just to get some fresh faces, see some matchups that you don't see in the past. And, um, from the indie perspective, it's Mark Lowry facing off against teams that he's pretty innately familiar with, which maybe is a little bit of an edge, something to look forward to on my end. I was really, I was really hoping for the Lowry, the Lowry Derby uh, locomotive versus Indies, but we'll have to, we'll have to wait on that one. Yeah, disappointed not to get that for sure. So, uh, Phil, you're kind of in a. You're in a weird place because, I mean, you could be, are you following Locomotive? Are you following Detroit City? Are you just hoping everybody has a good time? What are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm at my heart. I'm, I'm a Locomotive fan. And I always will be. Um, they're my, they're my first true USL love. So um, nothing will change that. But I am right up the, right up the road from Detroit. And someone at the league office was looking out for me because I got, El Paso locomotive coming to Detroit. Um, so I get to probably barring something, you know, um, significant potentially happening around that time. Uh, I get to see locomotive in person despite living, um, pretty significantly far away. So, um, yeah, someone at USL headquarters was looking out. So shout out to whoever, whoever took care of that. Um, but aside from, aside from that, some of these matchups, like, like everybody's been saying, I think, going back to this 
to the to the conference schedule just increases the significance of of all of those rivalry matchups that we've maybe gotten a little saturated with. Um, like as a locomotive fan, I think locomotive New Mexico United has been way, you know, it's been played now eight times in the last, in the last couple of years. Um, and shrinking that back down is going to be just, just raise the significant of each significance of each game. And then I think, uh, for the out of conference games, the likes of local, you know, locomotive getting, getting loose city, getting, um, a chance to play Tampa, a chance to play uh, up here in Detroit. Like it's a, it's a pretty varied mix. And I think there's a lot of uh, really cool. Um, yeah. Just a lot of really cool matchups. And I think, uh, yeah, I think we're in for a treat this year, um, especially now with, as we'll get on to all the transactions, a lot of these teams don't necessarily look uh, quite the same as they did last year. So there'll be lots of, uh Yeah. It is really up for grabs and the schedule really, I think, um, gives us just a buffet of, of games that that are going to be must watch. Uh, to respond to somebody in the chat, we are still geeks who drink. We just don't have a drink. I mean, wait, somebody had uh, Arnold Palmer <laughs> earlier. Oh, uh, yeah. See, we're good. We're good. We're good. No I think, worries. Uh, I think that's a shout out from uh, specifically from El Paso. We uh, we had a, a trivia night at, at the Whole Foods, believe it or not, the bar inside the Whole Foods in El Paso. Um, so, yeah, actually, locomotive players, um, the locomotive players who used to frequent that, um, like Logan Ketterer, Nick Ross, Andrew Fox, they were they were uh, Drew Becky as well. Um, yeah. Trivia Warriors at the uh, at the El Paso Whole Foods. So, um yeah, those those times seem quite far away now. Does my Whole Foods suck? I don't know. They have bars in Whole Foods. The good yeah, ones. Right. We do. have we have overpriced <laughs> coffee. That's the best I can do. <laughs> See, there's, some, a, there's a joke some. in there about having to live in El Paso, but I'll I'll let that one go. <laughs> I mean, it's it's there. It's there for the taking. If you want it, someone can have it, but. I have family in El Paso, so I think it's like it's okay. Like I have friends, I have friends who live in El Paso. Uh, I've visited say, a few times. Live live there first, and then and then I would have thrown stones before I got down there for sure. But um, no, it, I uh, yeah miss those days. So, um, but no, like I said, just a just a buffet of, of huge matchups um, in this in the schedule, and I'm like can barely pick which one I'm looking forward to most. Ryan. Yeah, it's much like the buffet at a Whole Foods. It has a lot of really good stuff <laughs> <laughs> to offer. But um, yeah, uh, I, just looking across a lot of the schedule, it really, it, it reminds me a lot of just like the old USL days when there was just as many teams you could play at once. The uh, When it was just the one league, you could have these long trips to California, to Arizona. And it just, it provides like a lot of just cool matchups of teams we haven't seen play each other before, haven't seen play in quite some time. One of the uh, few of the interesting ones that uh, jumped out to me was like Monterey Bay playing in host to Detroit City, seeing how the two newcomers do within the league. And one of my favorite for geography's sake is the fact that Hartford has to uh, host one of the longest road trips of Oakland visiting Hartford. And then Hartford Athletic has to travel to San Diego and LA as well, just for the geography's sake. I think that's just a lot of fun. You know, uh, you know, for Nick uh, Nicholas in the chat. Yeah, I mean, I read the article, 
And honestly, that's kind of always said earlier. It's so nice to not be oversaturated with these rivalry games. I mean, it's kind of funny because the oversaturation caused rivalries for a lot of us. I know for Legion fans, at least for me personally, we had we started having a real rivalry with the Charlotte uh, Independence, mainly Enzo Martinez, which now this is a weird relationship that we're in. But, I mean, it, that's something that definitely happened due to oversaturation, but definitely other rivalries lost a lot of meaning. So I'm so excited to get back to that schedule. A uh, thing that's happening with the Legion schedule, I don't know if this is well-known across the league, but we have a, a slate of five games that go from we go to phoenix or sorry no phoenix is beforehand it's like new mexico then uh louisville then charleston then atlanta then sacramento five games in a row we don't get a home game because the world games are being held in birmingham and we won't have a venue to play at so it's just one of those weird things in the schedule like little storylines in there that I mean, I really hope the whole team is using their airline miles because they are about to rack it up. But yeah, that's that kind of sucks. Um, Scott, we are going to be talking about the rising in just uh, in just a little bit. We have one story before that, and that is uh, Oakland's new president. Um, this one uh, kind of went underneath the radar for me. I missed this one, which is not great if you're the host of the USL show. But here we are. Um, you know, kind of break this one down. Ryan, what's up with this? So Oakland's new president is Lindsay, Lindsay Barron, as, or Barron, uh, yes, I believe. If she is the former president of business operations for the Washington Spirit, making the move into being the uh, now leading person here with the Oakland Roots. So my very first... Um, my first reaction when I heard about this was <laughs> it was, Oh, she was at the Washington spirit. And then I was like, Oh, um, and here's my take on this considering Oakland, right. And kind of everything they stand for. I have a feeling that if she was hired as the new president, it, there was a long vetting process there and there was a lot of conversation and she's cool. Um, maybe not. Um, but because all things considered, it seems like if Oakland was willing to give her a chance, then you know, maybe that was somewhere else. I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah, we're seeing some people in the chat right now talking about um, the Twitter space she did today. Um, read similar things that she came off really well. Just knowing what we've seen with the way that Oakland focuses on really being a part of that community. And I think a really good parallel is the process they went through on the technical side of things where Jordan Farrell stayed around and they brought in Juan Guerra, who has been pretty much everywhere across the USL landscape, the minor league soccer landscape at large, known to be a class act. And you're really getting the mirror image of it on the more club community technical side of things with Barons here. So I won't claim to know a ton about her, but I mean, every indication seems to be that this is a really good hire for Oakland. Well, I mean, that seems we won't know obviously until we get into this season, but you know, it definitely, definitely raised an eyebrow when I first heard about this about 17 minutes ago. 
You know, actually, I think I saw something about the Twitter spaces happening, but I was in the middle of class. I think I was in the middle of English, definitely paying attention and not on Twitter. Um, <laughs> and, um, please don't tell my teacher. Um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't realize that's what it was. But since Scott also politely asked, and that this is poking a little bit of fun. But yeah, I mean, honestly, let's move on to the USL championship transfers because USL League One and the championship have been on absolute fire when it comes on signing and transfers and all that kind of fun stuff. And Rising kind of took a little bit of the headlines, especially from Detroit City, who something, something D3 player. Um, <laughs> so... Basically, they signed Hurst, who by all accounts is was the best striker in the USL League One. I really wish Gio was here so he could really break down just how good Hurst is. But by all accounts, it was just I mean, I every match I watched, he just looked better than everybody. Even when he wasn't scoring, he was turning provider. It was just, you know, it was a he was a fun watch. I don't know about uh, you guys. What did you guys think about uh, the Hearst signing? I I mean, Hearst was someone that I, I kind of had my eye on just as a, a, you know, I think anytime you see a goal return like that at any level, you, you kind of get a sense for, hey, this guy probably has the, you know, strikers instincts and the strike and the, those skills that you look for in a nine. Um, and I think doing it for a union Omaha team, which was, you know, performed so well on the way to a, to a title as well. It was someone that I was kind of, I was interested in where he ended up in the idea that, you know, I think in, in Scott's question, it is a little bit loaded in that, you know, marquee signing. And we're kind of saying that Hearst isn't, but I would say that Hearst would have been a like highly pursued player, um given the season that he had for Omaha so i i think this is a good good get for phoenix i think the question mark now is that that a lot of their like marquee striker signings haven't necessarily worked out um they've still been highly successful and this is not a criticism of phoenix like largely but their number 9s like haven't had the impact that maybe they've been brought in to have um adam john Dadashov, like I know the Dadashov thing, he kind of like bounced early and and all those things. He had a different opportunity, but um, but I am interested to see how Hurst turns out and if he can like adapt quickly to to the championship level. And I think you know we've seen we've seen guys make this jump before. Damas is the is you know probably the the highest like profile example recently, and um, we'll see if Hurst can follow in that in that same vein. Yeah, I that's actually like San Diego tweeted early January that like someone was asking if they were going to sign a striker and they said, funny, you should ask. And they put a owl emoji. And so that was my guess was like, Hey, San Diego's taking a shot at Hearst. Uh, and it ended up being a, a different Omaha player, Evan Conway. Uh, but I, mean, I think, player. I, yeah, I think I'm excited that, that the championship is looking at league one as a bona fide league that they can pull talent from up, a level grow those players and then send them on their way to something better. Right. This is kind of like the goal of the championship is to be that next stepping stone. And unfortunately we see teams that focus too much on like, we got to get the cup as opposed to, Hey, we have this player who has a chance to go. Like if we can make some money, let's sell them because that's, what's best for the player. Um, 
And it's really exciting that League One is starting to really produce these players that championship teams are really excited and hype that they're that they're signing, um, you know, from League One in the United States, from apparently League One in England. Um, bringing those players over to San Diego has been really exciting. And I, I think it's just really smart business from championship teams. I think it's smart business from League One. Um, it, it's to see guys like Hurst get a chance to play at another level up. Um, and with Phoenix, like you brought back like essentially like an all-star team from last season anyway. Like, yeah, you don't have these marquee signings, but who are you going to like, who are you bringing in like to like, who's going to steal time from like anyone on that team really? Like you're not going to get the Aiden Quinn signing this season because you already have 14 midfielders that are top of the line could probably walk on any club. Your front line is only missing that striker. So it's it's not a huge surprise that you're not bringing in tons of people. You're bringing in those pieces you need, and that just shows like Phoenix is smart enough to know when they need that big signing, get that talent, and also know that they have a system around that can support a striker who they just need to score a couple more goals because if you open that nine up at Phoenix, then all of a sudden you're not marking more. And um, uh, why can't I think of his name? I know it. Um you know, you're 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 not marking Jesus. This is terrible. I have a picture of him in my head. <laughs> He's kind of hard to mark crap. Jesus right now. <laughs> it is. It's really hard to mark him. Um, but you, you know, like right now, it's it's focused so much on the wings. And you shut down the wings. And there's not a lot of love in the middle. Now you're pulling those center backs a little bit closer in, and that's going to open up the attack that Phoenix likes from the wings. So I, I just think it's a really smart business, uh, and it's great that they're pulling from League One. You know, I, real quick, I do want to hop in and say, like, I feel like I'm on crazy pills. Like Marcus Epps is kind of a big deal signing for this team. Like, yeah, I my the numbers I put out for the like value added aren't the be all end all, but they had Epps as like a 98th percentile USL player last year. He's an amazing dribbler, um, like can generate a shot like nobody's business. Awesome in the press. They might, yeah, they're probably not bringing back Solomon Asante, it seems like, but Epps is about as good as you can possibly do for a replacement. Um, Anguiano from Tacoma is on the sly, a really exciting midfielder that they've brought in. Like, yeah, you're lacking maybe the absolute superstar names, but Phoenix has added really, really well in the offseason. Um, so just a couple of things I see in the chat. Um, Matthew Corcoran, um, he was a guy at North Texas SC. He got two appearances for them, and he was not retained by the Dallas Academy. And then he is now at Birmingham Legion as a 15-year-old, signed a fully professional contract. So he is foregoing going to college. He is going straight through USL. And he said himself that he wants to go through the Jogo track. Uh, Jonathan Gomez, who was just sold to Real Sociedad. Um, you know, it's really cool that we that this has become a real track. And that maybe this is something we talk about. Maybe I'll just touch on it and we'll move away. But a move like that where a guy like Matthew Cochran, who is noted to be basically one of the top two uh, U18 players in the U.S. right now, highly regarded as a number eight or a number six. Um, the fact that he's going to the USL, leaving an MLS academy, and a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that uh, the Birmingham Legion just sold Junior Flemings for a reportedly half a million dollars. You know, 
half a million dollars for a player and you just see a guy who was just 18 get sent off to Europe, you're kind of fancying your chances that uh, these teams are willing to play. And especially since the championship is willing to play their youngsters. I mean, that's really, really cool. Um, uh, Something else with Scott uh, about Phoenix needing a keeper. I, there's some really interesting stuff there. Um, Ben Lunt um, has, everybody saw that he was not retained by FC Cincinnati, but he's also been seen at the training grounds recently. He has, he is still training with the first team at Cincy, even though he is no longer with the club. So I'm not sure if that's just a signing that's to be named later, or if maybe they're planning on signing him to loan him, but I feel like Phoenix would be a good spot for a guy like Ben Lunt, but that, especially since he was there, what, two years ago? Whatever it was. At the beginning of this last year. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We filled alone, yeah. So, I mean, I mean that's probably an interesting uh, thing that, uh, you know, something interesting there. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff. I mean, yeah, 901, somebody said 901's actually signing players. I'm going to hop away from that one because I'm the right. Uh, yeah, I've, I'll get myself in trouble. So I'll <laughs> let somebody else hop on that. But it's really interesting because I really thought that Memphis was hemorrhaging players. And then John came out of left field and was like, no, 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 you're wrong. It's actually not that bad. Um, so, John, like, what about these players that Memphis has signed? And I know they've lost a lot, but it feels like they haven't lost as much as it seems. So, right, you get that first wave where the sky is kind of falling and you lose Murphy and Segbers both to Miami in pretty short order. I mean, you have had some contributors leave, but at the same time, Leston Paul, Laurent Casiadu are back in the midfield. I mean, that's a really solid kind of box-to-box guy and one of the better creators in the East last season. Zach Carroll and Niall Logue are back kind of anchoring things as the center backs. Um, and some of the signings have been really impressive. And we've spent a lot of uh, airtime already on the guys making the jump from League One. And Aaron Malloy is just another example. He was excellent with Madison, has some pedigree in the championship with Portland and other places in the past. But um, another player who, if you just look at the advanced stats rates really highly, is one of the best uh, players at that level. So to see him getting another chance up in the championship is fantastic. Um, they signed Philip Goodrum from Atlanta, who's a pretty dynamic little forward. And then Reese Buckmaster um, making the comeback. He'll plug in basically anywhere in defense for you, can play a little bit of defensive midfield. So basically, you've kind of lost the real two stars of this team, I would say. But they filled in more than capably so far with some really proven players across uh, the league. Isn't this like 901's MO? Like, wait, 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 and then still put together a pretty solid team on the pitch like like it sort of i mean this is a team that back before they joined the usl they were always one of the really top class teams they had good maybe not academy but they always had good youngsters and they always seemed to put out a team on time um but these last few years have been interesting i mean until last year they've been they've been nowhere close to the playoffs they haven't even been come close to sniffing it. Last year almost felt like a little bit of lightning in the bottle um, in a sense because, I mean, Kyle Murphy, 
as much as I want to hate area code, I mean, I really do. I genuinely believe that other than that one guy in Colorado, that Kyle Murphy was the best striker and most natural finisher of the ball I've seen in the USL in a very long time. And you had a guy like Segber who was feeding him the ball. And when he was finally healthy, Roland Lamar was a, was a real game changer. It's just the fact that he wasn't healthy. It felt like, it felt like they got a little bit lucky with the fact they had a talent up top as talented as Kyle is, because while they are while the defensive players they are signing and re-signing are good, they never seem to be the right fit when they play together. Because if you look at John's individual stat pages, their statistics rate well, but they never seem to fit together as an actual unit, which maybe that has to do with the fact that they don't, they don't put together a full team until two weeks after the season started. Who knows? It's well, it's an interesting thing too. just speaking on the, the Nile Logue stuff uh, specifically, because Nile Nile was, he was signed by locomotive um, from Tucson and then, um immediately basically loaned to memphis and then they decided with the new manager coming in john hutchinson coming in after a conversation i guess it went to he wasn't going to be like an automatic starting center back in in hutchinson's mind um at locomotive so they mutually can uh, like by mutual consent terminated his contract and he went back to memphis um there is a a a bit of an edge with with Niall, it seems, where he is he backs himself a hundred percent, but that does come across, I think, sometimes as not being like a team guy. Um, and you know, like it's not again nothing nothing against Niall, but his uh that that locker room aspect or whatever, it it could that could be a thing um at 901 if you've got if you've got guys with that edge, but um, at the same time, he does back himself to do well. And in my opinion, like did perform extremely well for Memphis down, especially down the stretch. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this team comes back together. Um, and if they can, if they can get close to replicating without the, you know, record setting, you know, record setting pace type goal scoring from, from Murphy. That's what I'm interested to see. Um, as my dog drinks water in the background, um, how Kubo Torres fits in with this OC side. I think that was a, that kind of came out of like, that would, if you gave me a list of names that would sign with OC, I'm not sure I would have even thought to put him on it. Um, that's an interesting signing. Um, so I'm very curious to see how he fits in, uh, how he, uh, the effort that he brings and like what he, his goal is, um, I know that there's a lot of uh, chatter around uh, Orange County about the possibility of him moving into like a youth coach position uh, to work with a lot of the younger guys as a, as a development because uh, OC is very big on tying in young uh, U.S. men's national team players uh, and develop, signing them, developing them, and, and sending them off to uh, greener pastures, if you will. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see kind of is this like a short-term playing deal just to get into the coaching ranks there. Like I'm fascinated by that signing. Yeah. I actually uh, wrote a little bit of a piece about this and I'm a little bit worried about the direction that OC has kind of taken things 
if you think about the identity that that team had down the stretch and on that title run, so much of it was the defense, obviously. But I think uh, we didn't really give enough credit to what they were doing in the midfield and the way they progressed the ball. And a lot of that was through your Eric Cavio, who now uh, is over with Phil and the locomotive. But so at the same time, you have Kevin Partita coming in, who I think Partita is excellent. He was all league for me two years ago with Reno. He lacks a little bit of the offensive verve, the creativity, the progression that you're getting. So that's one element. Suddenly you're bringing in Kubo, who, I mean, he had to have been fairly expensive, right? He's going to be someone that you're trying to fit into this side where you can't bench Thomas, so you're switching to a 4-4-2. Suddenly that central midfield is lacking a bit of creativity. You've got two forwards, one of whom in Kubo has scored like 20 goals in the past decade in total. Like, he was good at one point, but he's not really proven it with the scoring in a long time. So I worry that this side maybe is losing out a little bit in terms of what they can do in the attack, much less you don't have Michael Orozco back yet. So there's some question marks in my head in terms of how I'm thinking about Orange County at this point. But on the other side of that was the team that finished runner-up to them was with Tampa Bay with Sebastian Guinzotti and many other uh, other returning players to this side who looks to be just as good going forward to push again for another USL championship title. You know, I mean, there's just a lot, you know, there's a lot of signings and there's a lot of players that could make an impact. And quite frankly, this is whenever I'm like, if you're looking at orange County, I mean, sort of last year, I mean, it's kind of funny because the people at orange and black came onto my podcast and they were like, Hey, no, for real, take this team seriously. While everybody else on the outside was just kind of like, uh, they're always, always the bridesmaid, if you will. And maybe, even though I don't agree with the signings and maybe I don't agree with what they're doing, I maybe just trust. I'm just going to trust them until I don't have a reason to, you know? Um, as for Andy uh, dropping it in, um, I think everybody was an Atlanta United Academy coach at one point. Um, basically, it was like, oh, the two team has a new coach. Oh, now they're the head coach of South Carolina. The uh, two team has a new coach. Well, suddenly now they are the interim coach at Atlanta United. It, <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like it was a uh, very much a revolving door of who was heading the academy. But I mean, that academy produces talent. I mean, maybe not international talent like we see with Philadelphia Union or FC Dallas, but they produce MLS talent, which is really all you need if you're in the you know MLS. I, uh, yeah, just a, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, go for it, John. I was just gonna uh, slide back to that Tampa point a little bit where about a week, week and a half ago, I was starting to get a little bit nervous for the way things were going over there just because you had had Loro, uh, Lasso kind of slide out, and then they dropped that bomb the other day with five signings. You're getting your Hilton, Guillen, etc., back and really hammering things home with uh, Guinzotti today, but they've also added really well. Um, I basically just blew my load on Twitter about how awesome Jake Arman is. Like he's going to be fantastic coming out of Charlotte for them. Um, and the what he frees up tactically with Leo Fernandez. I again, wrote a blog about that as well. 
they're going to be a title contender yet again. And I don't know why I even doubted for that five second period that they would be. Not to mention signing Kyle Grieg uh, from Louisville, also a former uh, hammerhead. They'd go into uh, Tampa Bay just to have another uh, veteran forward on that side. I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, anytime we can get uh, more hammerheads in the USL, I think it's a <laughs> really just a win for Ryan, not many other people, but it's a small victory, and that's all that matters. How is uh, how's Wilmington doing right now in your FM safe, by the way? Are you still doing that? Yeah, I'm still doing a little bit of that. It's it, it's as close as I can get to the real thing. <laughs> one day, one day. Although I will say one of the major transfers that uh, we <laughs> haven't talked about this week is uh, Haji Berry re-signing a contract <laughs> for Colorado Springs for the next 18,000 years. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations to Haji. USL's uh, Bobby Bonilla. Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, happy Haji Berry Day every year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good. You know, you know, whoever the admin was, they kind of saw that. They saw that they sent that out, and you know, it was just a quick hand hand in the head moment. It was like, all right, let's let's get ready for the memes. We just kind of deal with it. I USL typos. <laughs> USL typos is on another one. I did uh I did I saw I saw Nicholas in the in the chat um just to just to double back to my to my 901 um little point about about Niall Logue I I also think very highly of Ben Pierman uh Nicholas and I do I think one of the one of the things that I neglected to say in my schedule uh talk is I'm extremely excited for Detroit City Memphis because uh Ben Pierman formerly the manager of Detroit City um back in the day so um yeah I'm really looking forward to that matchup and seeing this the sort of reception that he gets because I think he'll actually get a really good one um in Detroit oddly enough um but I I think uh not many managers will get uh, as good a, a, a reception in Detroit as as Ben Pierman, but um, uh, yeah, it's it's cool what he's built in Memphis, and I actually kind of had him on my mini short list of managers I would have liked to see replace Mark Lowry in in El Paso. So um, no, I'm I'm excited to see what he can do this year, and excited to see uh, see that matchup versus Detroit, his former team um vincent no there is i mean technically the usl is in football manager they're just not playable i think ryan has you have a custom database yeah vincent if you look at the uh, youtuber zealand he has a custom american database that actually has full seven tiers so you actually can do Add. pro rail and it adds in all the usl teams a bunch of the colleges and a few other made-up ones as well but like detroit since we were talking about them, they've made a few signings with Maxi Rodriguez coming in, uh, Reese Williams as well as another recent signing. So I, it, it'll be interesting, I think, how Detroit will be playing this year. John, what's been your kind of first initial reaction with uh, Detroit City? Yeah, um, I had some really good chats with some Detroit fans just about the style that they played. And um, I put out the post, the video this morning about Maxi Rodriguez. This is a team that really tries to inflict their style upon a game and is going to try to continue that in the championship. And I think Rodriguez really is kind of the talisman for what they're trying to do. Very technical midfielder, good pedigree, smart on the ball, but he'll get box to box. He's just the kind of 
energy spirit guy that you need if you're going to be an ex a successful expansion team. That said, I think they're probably due for a slow start. Even your most successful expansion sides, you know, like your Oakland Roots even last year, are going to tend to start slow. Detroit feels like they're not going to be scared to spend money to make changes even in the middle of the year to really try to push the envelope and be successful. So I'd look for a team that's probably running with that sort of 3-5-2 with the wingbacks, playing, trying to possess the ball a lot, and just playing a bright style of game, and bringing it, of course, with the fan base, which is going to be a delight for everybody they play. I I don't know, man. This is uh, There's just a lot of great signings for Detroit City, and my theory of Asante to... Detroit City is still on the table. The the more time that goes on, the more likely it's going to happen. Um, but you know, speaking of you know USL championship players going to D three teams. Oh wait, sorry, I wrong update. Um, we have some players going down to League One, um, and there is a lot of great signings in League One. And I feel like it just needs to be pointed out, like teams like Hailstorm and uh, Fuego, uh, Fuego Football Club. Oh my lord, they're just signing everyone. They it basically, if you played for OKC Energy and you were, or if you just played for anybody, they're like, screw it, we're signing you. You're good. Let's give you all of the money. I don't know how much they're being paid, but I'm just assuming that they are just throwing around cash like it's Wolf of Wall Street right now. <laughs> I mean, what? I yeah, mean, right off the page, uh, Villan Biev jumps out to me in terms of uh, what Fresno's doing. Like, he is completely brilliant, was a lot of times the only offense for OKC. And so to see him drop down to Fresno, like, that's going to be scary. Um, they signed, was it Velarde over from Pittsburgh, maybe, who, like, just really good attacking midfield player. And you mentioned Northern Colorado as well. Irvin Para is a guy who scores double-digit goals for fun in the USL championship level, and he's just, like, casually dropping down to Northern Colorado. Like, that's going to be thrilling to see. So you're dead on that a lot of these signings are really exciting. I mean, Bijev is a huge one. That was a guy that I 100% thought was going to sign in the championship. He was a guy that I had on my short list whenever the Legion didn't have any strikers on deck or any kind of real offensive players there. That was the guy that I circled and I was like, this is, this is a guy we need to get. He's proven. And the fact that he dropped down slightly shocks me. And Nick brings up a great point that he's a local product, but some of these guys who are getting signed that were good, if not borderline great USL players, USL championship players, were they just not getting contracts or are league one contracts maybe a little bit bigger than we thought? I mean, obviously we don't have a definitive answer, but I guess this is our time to theorize a little bit. I mean, it could be like guaranteed minutes. Like you're, you know, you might not be the number, you might not be the guy in a championship squad. You might be a rotational guy or a guy who plays some of the times or even most of the time. Or you can be like one of the guys at your hometown club getting it started up. I think there's, I mean, we saw this in San Diego when Celzuzo when signed here. It was like, it, it just adds a little bit more buzz because the local community is like, we know these guys, they grew up here. They're one of us, right? You can do that 
whole one of us chant with you know those players and it's just something special when you see those guys doing something well on the pitch uh for their hometown clubs um and i think there's a little something a little bit special about maybe guys who might be at the i don't want to say tail end of their career but toward the end more end of their career like going home and making something really magical happen uh, and build a really good brand and a really good club and do a good work in the community to get that team up and going because those four, first couple of years, it's really tough. Uh, so you're, you're kind of giving back as well. And I say, I think there's a little bit of that. I'm not sure what those contracts look like. Uh, why don't we have a definitive answer on that? Because we don't have a collective bargaining agreement yet for league one. Uh, I know I'm super stoked to see that. Um, and I, we're slowly getting to a point where Championship and League One are going to have, you know, collective bargaining agreements where we can know we know what the league minimums are. We know all those things, and we can be excited about that. Uh, it's right around the corner, so just keep uh, supporting those players in that endeavor as well. But I think it's just about making something special happen at home. You know, um, speaking of League One, um, I think it was. I'm almost positive it was. Uh, hellstorm where they signed para you know really great signing i mean that was another shocker for me um and then right up phil's alley uh hellstorm released a salty uh salty message or salty message it's all in jest but i have a feeling that that phil this slid into those dms and was like listen admin you put something out there do it for me come on babe um can you confirm that's what you did uh no i can neither confirm nor deny my influence over any twitter admins in the usl (laughs) hey real quick phil i did have a couple just ponderances in terms of how you're feeling with el paso whether that's macaulay king heading out uh cavio coming in what's the vibe right now down there not nick hines today i guess yeah, yeah the the vibe is, is 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 cautious. I would say I I would say a couple of weeks ago it was downright negative um, because uh, Maka King Maka King heading out having already been announced as returning was right. that was really odd. Like I think it caught everyone out, um, and it seemed like it seemed like there was obviously you know there was obviously a change at some point, and for him to head to who I would see as, you know, I mean, now we all, I think have internalized that switchbacks are for real. Um, And the fact that they added probably one of our most influential players um, that, that hurt pretty, pretty deep. Um, Nick Ross headed to Sacramento as well, who I think quietly Sacramento are also doing some, some pretty good business, not anything like super flashy or earth shattering, but um, I think they've quietly built a, a pretty solid spine there. Um, yeah, so with the outs and and some of them we kind of expected, some of them like Maka King were a complete complete shock. I think it started to get pretty negative. I think some of the signings since have helped temper it a little bit, but I think everybody's still waiting for those couple more. I think you know we've we've been told. Um, that the style is going to be four two three one, but we still need wingers. Um, we have one um, who was the first player announced, Emmanuel Sonope. Um, but we we haven't seen really, I think, the full picture here. Calvillo is a is a really I I I like 
the idea of the move. But like you said, John, I think you you tempered some of the expectations there as well. And I'm I'm really interesting. Uh, uh, I'm really interested to see how he's actually utilized. I do think, um, I think he kind of is a he's. A, in my in my mind like a nick ross uh approximation if that makes sense in terms of replacing some of his um some of his contributions but um Mm. yeah i i think i think overall um right now el paso is despite like the amount of people that they were able to to hold on to i do think now it is a little bit um it's it's seeming like a little bit of a question mark and everybody's really just hanging on what is that what's that that big signing or what's that you know that the mark that that Hutchinson's going to make on this team and uh to answer Jacob's question quickly before I before I let it go um it was a shock um initially well okay I'll, I'll say this in two two stages it wasn't a shock that he left it was a shock that he left for another USL team if that makes sense um but um yeah we uh <laughs> We we were lucky enough to to find out a little bit before the rest of everybody else, um, so it wasn't as much of a shock when the announcement came out. But uh, yeah, the fact that he went to went to Indianapolis was a little bit a little bit of a a shock. But I thought it was pretty fantastic. But <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> are we gonna have a? Our, is whenever it finally happens, I feel like whenever. Lowry and you know New Mexico and Indy meet. I feel like we need to have a live stream of just Phil and John just just going at each other. <laughs> it would probably be a lot more polite than I think it would be in my head right now. But in my head, it's a full out brawl. But yeah, whatever. Um, and you know, does host New Mexico this year? I mean, there we it could happen. Um, so you know, there's a lot of a lot of things that we are fighting for in the USL, you know, I mean, for a lot of us, I, for me personally speaking, I am so beyond pro player. I, I will almost always take the player side over the owner side. I, and I love the Legion owners. They have been nothing but kind to me, just wonderful people. And they genuinely love the club, but you know, you can't have the sport without the players. You know, that's something we want for League One, too. We want to get those, we want to get those CBAs, we want to get the minimums and the maximums and figure out, maybe not maximums, you know, I want everybody to make all the money, but, you know, some minimums and stuff. But there's some other fights that we kind of go through as well. And right now, the San Diego Loyal are firmly fighting off Puma taking over all of the USL. <laughs> um, Alan. Let us in on it. You know, what's what's going on with that? The first ever American team that Charlie has uh, sponsored or has uh, gone in on. Yeah, I think Charlie is a as a as a brand name that most people probably don't know too well, uh, but it's got a pretty long history in uh, Mexican soccer. Uh, they didn't start as a uh, they just started as like a shoe company like 1949 uh, in Leon um, and they currently or at least in the last couple of years were like slowly taking over from like nike and adidas and pumas and liga mx uh and i think they're like about half of the teams now where charlie um i think this ties loyal into the um into the tijuana region as well because that's who is the kit supplier to uh, Cholos in tijuana who they have a uh 
also, yeah, um, they also have a, is it Carly? I don't know. I'm, I'm a white guy. I say Charlie. Um, <laughs> I've, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll look up a pronunciation guy. This is Brad. It was the news. Uh, I know the owner, this is one of the things that he was looking at. Um, it kind of breaks the tradition of matching kits, whether that's Puma or Adidas in um, MLS and USL landscapes. I know there was a, a big kerfuffle between San Diego and Orange County about the orange kits being pretty much the same. Um, it's hard to CH like cheese. Um, hey, so, so you we were go. right. I was right. Oh. Accidentally. That's how I live my life. I'm always accidentally right. Um, <laughs> but I, I think um, this gives kind of a foothold into the U.S. soccer for the for the company. Uh, the Sholos kits are, are, are really nice. The past couple of years have been really well designed, uh, very unique, uh, which I think opens up uh, some some possibilities for the team. I know they've been looking at getting Tory Green kits for a while, and Adidas has been unable or unwilling to meet that need or demand. Uh, so this just gives some possibilities, and it gives you know American soccer clubs another option if they want to get creative and have some different looks besides the cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas. Uh, that's our little Icarus plug from back in the day. Um, so I, I just think this is a good opportunity. It's exciting that it's in San Diego. I think I would have been excited if it was anybody else, really. I think it's just um, anytime you're introducing something that's somewhat uh, connected to the region that you're in. Um, and then we'll be playing Sholos in a couple weeks in matching Charlie supplied uh, kits. So I'm excited for that as well. Uh, yeah, Hummel does a great job. Uh, Icarus does a great job, but any of these kind of not brand names, they're not going to really take care of USL clubs because they don't have the footprint or um, unless you're one of the bigger clubs, you know, you're not going to get a lot of the same love. You're going to get, hey, here's our template, pick one, whatever one you want, and that's all you're going to get. I think it just opens up another possibility for some creative, colorful kits in the USL, and I'm always for that. If you're watching, if you're not watching and you're listening to the podcast, um, I have been holding up this Tijuana shirt. It's a um, breast cancer awareness shirt. And honestly, it's my most favorite purchase I've ever made. Um, this is not sponsored, but hey, if soccer.com wants to sponsor us, we're open to it. <laughs> um, this was like 30 bucks on their uh, website because of a sale. But I mean, it is gorgeous. And if, I mean, if San Diego can get some like this, oh man, that'd just be awesome. And Nick... Uh, drop something into the chat. Hope that Charlie could be for San Diego while Hummel has been for Madison. I mean, it's that'd be awesome. I mean, having, um, um, you know, just having another team that is producing good stuff out there. And Harry, I'm going to block you immediately from every single social media <laughs> I can find. Um, <laughs> If you're again watching and or if you're listening and not watching, he's sorry, not sorry about my Bama loss. Listen, that one hurt. I'm not gonna lie. I was a little bit sad, did not want to end my marching career like that. To freaking Georgia. I got barked at. Okay. You guys don't understand what it's like to be barked at by a 70-year-old man. I don't <laughs> it's something that it was horrible and I it's not the first time, but it was always kind of fun whenever they would lose and they would still try to bark at you, but then they would give up halfway through this time. They were drunk and happy and it made me sad. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, college football. This college football in the South is something else. So no, I've never been barked at by a seven-year-old man. Uh, did he at least look like a no? That's the worst part. Like everybody that barked at me, you I could at least say, oh, they they've been waiting a long time. A lot of these guys looked young, except for the seventy-year-old man. But God, it what an experience that was. I, I will say though. Indy was a beautiful city, and I need to make an away day up there. I mean, that is a gorgeous city. I will throw out the good word for Indy being one of the best event hosting cities out there. Like the Super Bowl went down to high praise a couple of years back. They host a great Final Four every couple of seasons. Like it's just a really good city for that sort of thing. And obviously, I'm biased on that front, but still. Um, Bama fans, I am allowed to complain because I've uh, this is very six out of twelve titles there. I will. Yes, <laughs> listen, I never got to see one in person because of COVID, and I am very that sad about suck. that. That does suck. I've been to two national titles. One we got blown out by whatever Trevor Lawrence is doing with his hair, and then whatever UGA. Uh, listen. The one time we actually got to beat Ohio State, I wasn't allowed to go because of a freaking pandemic. I was mad. I'm very upset about it. But that's not what we're here for. This is not for me to have therapy hour. We can do that after the show. Shut up, Andy. Um, <laughs> hey, Kaylor. At least the state of Alabama is home to some really great basketball this year in Auburn. Except for Alabama. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Am I going to get the suspension like Phil had now? <laughs> Immediate fine. No suspension this time, boys. Um, you know, but there, you know, like I said, there's uh, Indy was a great city. It's been a lot of fun. My time at Bama has been wonderful. I've gotten to see a lot of amazing places. Dallas was cool. I'm going to throw it out there. Dallas was a fun little place. Um, but now that I'm not going to be in band next year, I can go do all the away days go to all the games and something I'm super duper excited about is the USLW. I am a big, big fan of the USLW. I actually want to go to a ton of those matches if I can. And there was a pretty big bomb come out of the USLW, which was racing Louisville has a USLW team, which I could be wrong, but this is the first American a team to have a full pyramid from academy to top flight football. I mean, they have their they have their youngster academy. Now they have the USLW, and then they're going to go all the way up to the NWSL. And this made a lot of sense considering that Louisville City is in the USL. You know, obviously same same boardrooms and whatnot. But I mean. It was kind of nice to not see them go to the UWS, which, I mean, no, nothing against them. That is a wonderful organization, and I'm a big fan of the UWS, and I support them a lot. But keeping a brand like R Racing Louisville in the USL, who, by the way, beautiful kits, um, it's a big deal. At least it seems like a big deal to me. I think... I think this goes a lot to kind of what we were talking about in in episode one, um, what which was like these clubs are building genuine clubs, and not to like beat that to death, but I think a lot of what we're talking about tonight, especially with the Oakland Roots news as well, with Lindsey Barons being announced as the president of the club and them specifically highlighting 
her background in women's in women's soccer as well and the fact that we've got you know all of these all of these clubs um now building out infrastructure into you know the academy levels of the men's side and academy levels all the way up to pro levels of the women's side um i think it's just like emphasizing the fact that usl is building this ecosystem where where people can grow genuine clubs and have these these structures and the infrastructure for people to thrive on on at all levels of the game and that's just yeah i mean it's super exciting news and to see a nwsl team pick you know usl w as as the home for their for their reserves that's an, it, it's just an awesome move and um another step forward i think for usl clubs building out their uh their club into something that's uh supportive of of both men's and women's game at you know from academy all the way to the top yeah this is just i mean it's just cool uh nicholas if you're not obviously i feel like i've said this a lot if you're not in the live stream chat where are you it's kind of popping tonight i'm not gonna lie you need to be here next time but basically nicholas kind of corrected me it has kind of happened in the former w league uh, the Washington Spirit had an Academy W League team and an NWSL team. So it has kind of happened before, but maybe this is wishful thinking and maybe I'm just getting caught up in the moment. But this iteration of the USLW feels different. This feels like it's here to stay. I mean, I remember when the W League came out, it felt kind of just like, ah, here it is. You know, this feels like it was really well thought out and I'm very excited to see how this turns out. And apparently uh, there is a rumor that there is another NWSL team that is going to be following suit. Possibly, possibly maybe Washington Spirit again, or maybe who else could it be? Is there, is there another team with current USL roots? I mean, other than like Orlando, but I mean, a current uh, USL connection because i can't think of any off the top of my head oh wait ryan dropped it into our private chat of nc courage oh yeah there's john as well um the courage could do it i mean that would be really interesting Mm. huh i mean i like I like the courage. I don't know if you guys have, I'm a big, I don't know if you guys have figured this out, a big shirt guy. I love collecting soccer jerseys. The courage have awesome jerseys where they have like the mountain in the Jersey. Really good touch. Very small. Can't notice it on TV, but it's one of those little things that when you get up close, it's like, Oh, that's pleasant. That's nice. There's that. I miss the Railhawks branding from that whole suite (sighs) of teams. So good. Um, this is a little this is a little spoiler, but Ryan has been working on a little retrospective for a previous championship uh, championship championship winners. Um, and basically he pulled up in Orlando the old Orlando City crest and my God, it was that was that was just a blessed part of our time that we just took for granted and we just accept that it's not here anymore and i think we should bring back the purple and the red manes because that was a wonderful idea chaotic neutral in crest form <laughs> <laughs> um 
Harry asked um, on the women's game, will teams uh, move up from the W League into the Super League? I don't think so. I don't think that is a planned uh, thing right now, especially since the Super League doesn't start until 2023, right? Um, but that could be – okay, Nick, it says championship title winners. Listen, championship championship is a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a certain ring to it. It's the championship championships. Champions. <laughs> the champions of the championship championships. Yeah. That episode uh, title is going to be just so confusing when it comes through people's pod- podcast feeds. <laughs> right? <laughs> SEO is like, nope, not this is never green. What am I listening to? Champions of the champions. But oh, man. yeah, I I'm looking forward to doing that recording with you guys. I think that'll be a really fun episode, a trip down memory lane for uh uh for USL history, harkening back to the USL pro days to uh the modern time and just talking about our favorite players, alumni, and the best teams of uh the best champions. I will say of league history, and there is a correct answer on which one that is. So would that be the <laughs> champions of the champions of the championship championships? Dude, I'm a music major. Last little bit of news, unless somebody else has something for me. It may not. I don't think we have a scroll for this, but... The um, USL League Two just announced their Southern Conferences, which, you know, as someone who is from, obviously, the South, if you couldn't tell by the way I talk, um, it's kind of cool to see this many teams in the South, Southeast, um, taking real uh, consideration, this this many player or this many teams around, and a lot of great academies out there. Um Right now, we're kind of in the process of trying to talk to some uh, to some uh, USL League 2 slash USL League W. If we can get some of those, we are in talks of that. So if you guys are interested in listening to an interview with some GMs and stuff um, or presidents of some USL League 2, you know, shoot those our way. We would love to talk to as many of those as possible. But, man... I think for me, I forget how big the USL League Two is until I see that there are five different conferences and each one. I I haven't counted, but it has to be at least 30 some teams, maybe more. It is ridiculous. Ooh. Nicholas mm. drops into the chat. Hey, trivia time. Can you name the seven head coaches that have played in the championship? going into 2022. Now, do we mean the championship or the championship? <laughs> I'm so confused that word. Wow. Taylor's going to get blocked by Nicholas before the end of the night. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Off the rails. <laughs> Off the rails. This is when I get suspended. Um... <laughs> Uh, Anthony Poulos is one. Okay. Um, Danny Cruz. Did he? Did Danny? Danny Cruz did, I think. Isn't one of them uh, currently the champion coach of the champion yeah, championship? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Juan Guerra would have. Mark Briggs for a little bit with Wilmington. Did Neil Collins? 
surely. Was he ever in the actual championship? I thought he played in the U.S., but... I think he might have got a year with Tampa in the USL. Uh, oh, we're, missing, we're missing one, I think. Not hmm. Landon Donovan. Uh, not Landon Donovan. No, um, the, I will one, say, of le- one of the few leagues he hasn't played in. I will say <laughs> I did. Um, I did like the one tweet that came out uh, from the Charlie announcement that somebody said um, that was just another Mexico is my other is my other team. That one got me. Um, <laughs> he did. He did play for Leon and Leon's. Yeah, yeah. That, that one, one got I, me. I think. That one's one that's never gonna die. It's like no. the F. It's like the F. Yeah, one too. Like that one's just gonna keep popping up. Like it's just gonna. It's gonna keep happening. It, it's fine. I feel like we don't really talk about Landon Donovan's end of the career enough because he retired from MLS and then he was like, "I'm done." And then he went on to like go to Liga MX, which was weird considering that the Mexican fans absolutely hated him. Total heel move, which I completely respect. As someone who watches the WWE a lot, this is this was like the biggest like heel move I could think of, and when it comes to just like sporting, just pettiness, and then was like, eh, as it turns out, Liga MX is better than the MLS. I better go to indoor soccer. Hey, the fifteen-time champion San Diego Soccer's the professional men's professional soccer team with the longest win streak in all of professional soccer. So, forty-eight games. The last twenty-five of those. The last twenty-five of those were not overtime wins, by the way. So straight twenty-five straight non-overtime wins uh, in two thousand ten through two thousand twelve or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So what's the answer, Nicholas? Yeah, you I know can't we got just... close. Yeah, we got, it. Be... we got it. We got it. We got all seven. Did we? We did. did yeah, because we? we got Zach Prince in the chat. So it's Prince. There we go. With New Mexico, uh, Dan Cruz, Louisville. Pulis in Miami, Briggs in Sacramento, Neil Collins in Tampa, Chaplo in OC, and then Guerra with Oakland, right? Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That correct. Verified. Look at I us thought he now. went to bed. He's going to ask that. the question and, and then go to bed. And <laughs> I'm going to make them suffer for hours <laughs> thinking about how they didn't know. <laughs> oh, it would be like one of those... Um, one of those uh, tests I have when I was in school where they provide four answers and then the fifth one would be the right answer isn't here. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've always loved those. The uh, whenever they would drop, and then at the bottom it was like none of the above. It's like, well, pfft. okay, great. Um, <laughs> or the favorite, the one of them that really gets me. Whenever I was in grade school, um, it was always like, uh, none of the above or all of the above. And it's like, well, you wouldn't have put one of these on here if it wasn't one of the two. Clearly, you had a motive. And I would always overthink those. I hate those, man. <laughs> all right everyone i'm gonna i'm gonna go through one of my, my quizzes for one of my classes in the next week and every multiple choice question will have none of the above <laughs> or all of the above on them just to mess with them thank you for helping me ruin another generation of students hey Listen. make every answer correct one b oh listen cool. it's the last thing I need is for me to ruin another generation's GPA. I mean, if you ever look at my GPA, I'm the last person you want to take test test taking advice from. 
But you know what? C's get degrees except for some classes in which D minuses pass as well. And that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad advice, kids. If there are any people that are under the age of college, please never listen to me. <laughs> so parting parting question and John, I don't know if I don't know if you've got something for this, but my my one thing that we didn't touch on in the USL League One section is should we be worried about Omaha? Kaylor, I feel like you have hot takes on this. I mean, not here's here's the thing is that I think there is a lot of talent to go around still. There's a lot of players from League One that are still up for grabs, and there's a lot of players from the championship that are obviously willing to drop down to League One. Um, and who knows what they have in the pipeline when it comes to maybe like League Two players and whatnot. But yeah, I can't think of the last time that a title winner just said, no, nope, we're, we're done. We're not signing anyone. We'll sign a few people. But then we're done. It's it's weird, isn't it? A little eerie almost. Yeah, they got six players announced, so they got they got a lot of work to do. That's all I'm saying. Complete Florida Marlins after winning the World Series vibes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the epitome of we're here for a good time, not a long time, really. <laughs> I mean, I was really I really hope that this that they stay because as a neutral, the Greenville versus Omaha matches are absolutely electric. I mean, those are fan bases that are willing to travel. They hate each other, but they like each other. Um, if you didn't know, their supporters um, often, um, you know, go to the other and they'll have like supporters pickup matches and, you know, right before the game. And I think Greenville even lets them play on their pitch, like play on the actual Greenville triumph pitch, which is really cool. I mean, that is cool stuff. And if Omaha falls off immediately, I wonder if that rivalry maybe loses a little bit of momentum, which I think would be horrible for the league. Um, and like Andy said, uh, Vegas pulled the team out in 10 days. But the difference is, is that's Vegas – um, which just got a new mascot. Check out USL Twitter, folks. Um, and <laughs> um, it wasn't a good team, though. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's they, one of they, the worst teams in the history of the league. But <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but hey, if you're a head coach for them, you get to fail upward into an MLS job. Which, I mean, I'm just saying that's not even a move FC Cincinnati would make, and that should tell you something. Hey, the one Vegas game I was physically present at this year, they won. So they just need to invite me to more games. I won't need you the new... to go to Vegas. Are you, you the it. mascot? Are you the new mascot? Congratulations. <laughs> Get out of the way, Nathan. You're welcome to our new mascot, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. I, Vegas is such a weird, um, just a weird group, man. And in a I really hate that LAFC took them over. This is one of my weird things, I guess. I mean, it was obvious to me that their owner was ready to get out of there. He realized that the USL does not make money. Um, it is an absolute just, you know, it's basically just a paper shredder when it comes to money. 
but man, it was a really cool brand they were at least building. And they at least before had fun players. They had fun players who they could do their own thing. And if they wanted to get as wild and memey and wacky as they want, they could. But now that they're under LAFC control, they don't have that same option. And while they do get guys like Cal Jennings, who are who is way too good still to be playing in the USL. He absolutely should have been playing more with LAFC, in my opinion. But I hate it for him. I absolutely hate it for him. But man, if I could go out there one day and you know fly that helicopter, but then not drop any of the money and just leave with the helicopter, that'd be great. If whoever's at LA, just know I am willing to take your helicopter off your hands. Well, I think Vegas had like a decent team, but I think LAFC had so many injuries that they're pulling some of those guys who would go either way up and kind of decimating the, the, the Vegas team. And then with Union Omaha, like, I mean, maybe they fall into that like OC, like trust them till you can't, can't anymore. Like they've been competitive. So like, let's see what they, let's see what diamonds in the rough they pull. They'll pull like, you know, some guy out who's going to be good and develop him and then they'll be fine. Like, I mean, they might not be return to the finals quality, but they're going to, I have a belief that they're going to be competitive because you know, they're going to need to, I think they have a fan base that's deserve, that deserves it. And that's going to hold them accountable. So I think they're going to, they're going to find a way to make it happen. Um, again, it, who knows? They might have guys lined up that they're just waiting for clearance or waiting to dot some I's and cross some T's or cross some I's and dot some T's, whatever one you want to do. Um, I guess if you do it that way, the I's become T's anyway. Um, so, I mean, if you're thinking about it, um, so I think they're gonna be fine. I think it'll be fine. It's, it's such a, a weird position. I mean, there was the moment, like John said that I was even worried about Tampa, which I do kind of want to go to a point with Tampa before, you know, we're done, but there was something interesting. I wonder why Tampa didn't re-sign Forrest Lasso to get a transfer fee because if junior we the reason legion got a transfer fee was because they exercised junior fleming's option and junior for the legion you know my experiences with junior are it's a touchy top subject but my personal experience with him were positive and everything I've heard about him from the Legion locker room were positive. But if you ask the fans, he wasn't even the top five player for us last year. When you ask about the people who were the best players for the Legion last year, Junior was not up there. And they got a half a million dollars for him. Imagine how much they could have got, Tampa could have got for Forrest Lasso. Argue, I would personally argue as the best defender in USL history. Now, I'm going to make a comparison, and I don't mean to compare these two people as actual players, but if you look at a lot of the big-name signings from Europe now, uh, they're waiting till their contract expires because now they're going to go to the team, signs them, and says, hey, you know that like several hundred thousand or in the case of you know a giant player like Messi or Mbappe, hey, you know those multi-million dollars you're going to pay for my transfer fee? Just give me that money. Just pay me that money. You don't have to pay that team. I'll cut it in half. You save, I get paid. Like if if you're a guy who your team might not like, I think Ryan put in our chat probably didn't want to pay a transfer fee. Like you you go on a free, and you know maybe that means your salary gets bumped. And so if you're a guy who's 
you know, looking to to pad his his income, that's what you can do. I mean, yeah, but you would think that maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm not a professional athlete. I'm not even an athlete ever. Um, so I assume that maybe the agents get a sniffing of everything. But are you telling me that no teams over in Europe were interested in him at all? At, they nobody came sniffing for him. I mean, yeah, like Nick said, he's the only five-time All uh, League first team. I he's going to go down as the best defender in USL history, and there's going to be a long time, if never, before someone can topple him as the Mountain. And surely some teams came knocking on the door. Why not re-sign him? At least get a small transfer fee, if nothing. I mean. Legion sold Bolu Akinyode, uh two years ago for 15k to uh, the Miami FC, and you know that was a big deal. 15k, at least on the old CBA, pays for a whole player's salary for an entire year. Let alone but at the same, same time. I mean, I think like sometimes the contract just don't work out. Like you had Nico Brett walk away for nothing this season. Like it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. It's it's just such a. I feel like I feel like Lasso is such a unique situation. I feel like he could have gone to a lot of places for big, big money, but maybe not. Um, but that's basically just me rambling and ranting, um, and probably just being wrong. Which is, hey, what else is new? Um, <laughs> so I think that's about the show for this week. Thank you to everybody in the chat. This thing was popping tonight. If you're listening to this later, hey, stop into the chat. But if not, hey, listen when you can. We still love you. We still, you know, we still respect you. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. Join the Discord. Interact with us on Twitter. Um, If you're watching, all of our Twitter handles are right there. Um, So go follow everybody. Show everybody a ton of love. Uh, John, what are your parting uh, thoughts for the people? USL related or random? Whatever you want, babe. <laughs> okay, so I was <laughs> taking a little road trip down to Tucson today, so another USL market. Saw a really cool uh, art exhibition on the intersection of food and art, so recommend that to anyone in the greater Arizona area. Good to know, good to know. Alan, not Ryan Allen, just Alan. What about you, my man? Uh, you can now order uh, COVID tests from the government for free. Uh, so if you haven't done that, uh, do that. Uh, apparently, if you live in an apartment complex, it thinks you've already ordered it. Uh, so again, single family homeowners are getting the advantage. But if you haven't yet, go check that out. Get some free tests and make sure you stay healthy. So you can go see your teams uh, in person in your hometown or on the road. We'd love to have you. Phil, what you got? Just waiting on waiting on some news um, and looking forward. To, I've still got that day marked on the calendar. Uh, is it like June 20th when El Paso locomotive comes to Detroit? And yeah, just daydreaming about that, about that sweet, sweet day. Ryan? Just excited for another uh, USL season and to uh, come back to just US soccer. It's a lot more fun when we have games and stuff to talk about and just makes the season all the much more fun. 
you know uh this was an absolute great show um i just want to throw it out there that brandon mays has been starting a hashtag on twitter about getting johnny dean to go to greenville i'm going to say it now if johnny dean goes to greenville triumph i'm done with posting content on this channel i am done with it i'm putting my foot down and if it happens I'm going to cry myself to sleep every single night. I might not hold myself to that, but I'll at least put myself on a month <laughs> on a month suspension or something. But um, in other, in other non soccer, stop the spamming of Deanville, please, please make it stop. Look, we want him as much as you do. Okay. Calm down. Um, <laughs> I bought jeans for the first time and like, five years which i've lost about 75 pounds since the last time i bought jeans and having jeans that fit you is truly a life changer so here's just buy clothes that fit you and you'll be happier stop the deanville quit with the deanville you're ruining my good vibes right now but thank you guys everybody so much for listening even brandon um <laughs> thank you guys um yeah that's the show. Thanks for watching the USL show.